Hi, I'm Emma Cousin, an artist in South East London, and I started this podcast to keep us artists in touch under lockdown. I wanted to talk to other artists about the impact on the artistic community and explore what's changed, what's lost and what's been discovered. In this episode, Bedway Williams and I talk about his ideal studio, a house, and how he is currently making work in his kitchen, bed, shed and chair, an angry morning and absurd evening drawings. We talk about his Instagram drawings and the characters and themes running through them. We discuss shoes and having big feet. We discuss embarrassment and feeling stupid, comic timing and swearing at yourself. We talk about feet far away from the mouth, jelly legs and collaborations. Bedway talks about the gallery as a place where anything goes and making work for self-satisfaction. We end on Michael Jordan and sleep, getting tucked in by a stone wizard to rain sounds and white noise. Thank you for joining us for Chats with Artists Under Lockdown. Bedway Williams. Hi, how are you? I'm really good, thank you. Uh, yeah, I think I'm feeling a bit more upbeat today. How are you doing? Yeah, good. I am. Um, I, I unfortunately, I read. Um, uh, I think it was a tweet or an article by Toby Young's partner. You know, Toby Young. The um, he's like a newspaper kind of Tory kind of guy, isn't he? That moans about left issues and so on and <laughs> yeah is, um, and things he doesn't like and she said how, how much of a big baby he'd been the first bit of the lockdown and I like thinking that he had the virus when he didn't and like a hypochondria and I, yeah and I thought oh my god that's like me you know I was like that <laughs> the first three weeks um so I remember I'd been to London I think like a week before lockdown or something and um tried not to use any public transport so in a way, before lockdown happened, there was this big ramping up of, you know, like the fear kind of um, rose up yeah. like floodwater, didn't it? So like you, by the time actually you were locked down, your brain was kind of locked down as well into a kind of uh, fear thing. So I've actually got over that. And I'm, yeah, I'm quite fortunate that I live in the countryside and I can, um, yeah, I, you know, I yeah. some work, I can look after my kids, look after my dad, I live with my dad. And um yeah, it's just put things in order a little bit for these coming weeks and months, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I know that image of a lockdown brain, I think that's a lot of people resonate with that. Even like imagistically, it makes me picture, like, if you do make a drawing of that on the Instagram post, has that appeared, the lockdown brain? No, no. I mean, it just occurred to me then as I was <laughs> trying to put into words what it felt like. <laughs> yeah, it could be, a, could be a setting or something, but yeah, um, I like that. Um, good, well, I'm glad you're all right. And, and where, where are you? Like, can you go to a studio? Do you normally have a studio-based practice? Like, what does your normal, I guess, your working studio practice look like and your, your teaching and how has that changed? Okay, so I haven't had a studio for the last three years, mm. more or less. So I've been drawing... Um, on these little uh, 15 centimeter square pads that are called Le Maxi or something by like a French art. <laughs> they're not expensive. Right? <laughs> they're, just, they're, they're not fancy. They, yeah, they fit in Instagram kind of Polaroid <laughs> format. And they're a bit too absorbent. And I, I just like, I'm not going to get geeky about ink, but I like the, um, 
I like that paper and I I can draw in bed with these little pads. Yeah. And also in an armchair in my dad's lounge. And then I so I I've started painting a bit in the painting and making things in the shed and a bit in the garage, but there's not one space that's big enough, you know, for me to like lounge around in like sliders and yeah. you know, make big clay swoops or anything. So I <laughs> I might draw in the lounge and then go and do something with uh, clay in this shed and then go to the garage to make a mess with sawdust. And so there's all bits of my work, you know, on the side of counters and like <laughs> cabinets in between those three places. Yeah, that sounds, it sounds so dynamic, but also in a way that's like functional, like almost domestic, like, you know, you cook in the kitchen and you're like, I don't know, like going to bed, like, you, you know, where the loo is and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, like, um, in a way, I think my perfect studio would be an empty house mm. that was next door <laughs> to my house without any of the crap in it that you would have in a domestic house. That's, yeah. But then do you think you'd be able to respond in the same way? Like, is it partly because you shouldn't be there in a way? Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like sometimes you make work and it spills over and you kind of know it shouldn't be there, but it like pokes you in a way because of the, it shouldn't be in that environment. Yeah, I'm not sure. But it's funny because when I have been to like Swank Artist Studio, <laughs> I always think like somebody like me shouldn't be in a studio like this anyway. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. even like they're, where they're, you know, mats for cutting things out of uh, Fomex where the craft knife is in the corner seems too grand sometimes. <laughs> so I, you know, yeah. I, not like I'm some like humble bumblebee kind of character that I have to be, you know, drawing in bed. But mm -hmm. to be honest, I don't know what I would do with like three assistants and like a big relux in the window with the light pouring into like an architect design studio. I, I'd probably just dry up in that environment. I quite Thanks. like the the friction of, you know, like trying to draw on a Sunday afternoon while my dad's listening to Welsh hymns on telly, you know, like mm. it's driving me nuts, but also uh, <laughs> maybe it's good somehow. Yeah, that's that's a, such a such a lovely image for us anyway if it's not for you um I even like the one of like drawing I like the way that there's furniture related to different types of posture in the drawing like the bed or the armchair the shed the garage and it also makes me think of the rhythm of it like um are you are you doing it like all day is this pretty much like your I do one in the morning it's a bit like um press-ups or something like that so I do one <laughs> in the morning mm. and then I do one in the evening right and, um, the morning ones are like angry usually, and then the evening ones are a bit more like absurd or something. Nice. They tend why, to be like that. Why are they angry in the morning? I'm interested in that. Oh, God, because I, I mean, you know, artists say that they, are, you know, I'm getting off Twitter for six months, so I'm, I'm off Twitter and then, <laughs> then they're back. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, there's like this loving on social media with artists at the moment where they, kind of fall over each other mm. so these little cliques and cabals of people that think the same thing or like agree on some things and then they fall out and like I I because the thing is you know that these people are like rude about each other in private anyway mm. so there's nothing not like I'm Mr Honesty or anything but I can't stand like um 
you know, amazing, you know, stunning. That's the other one. I hate stunning. Yeah, I'll, I'll try not to say and, that. <laughs> the beautiful and stuff like, I mean, you know, it's yeah, bullshit, isn't it? It's, it's a load of nonsense that it's like um, courtiers, you know, in a palace or something that kind of um, a weird web of like being nice, but being scared of what they think. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. By being like fake nice, you're almost more more of a bitch in a way or something. I don't know. Yeah. But... And also, you know, I'm I can be fake and stuff like that, but I don't yeah. do it to like all my Twitter followers. I don't think <laughs> they deserve that, you know, like Yeah. Um and there's like also like a mock uh, modesty thing as well. Like there's some ways that you can talk about your projects, but others way other ways it's not appropriate. And me, 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 me. Oh, I can't stand all that. There's um, like etiquette of it almost. Yeah, yeah. But like it shifts and changes, doesn't it? And like, and is that yeah. why? Because it feels like the some some of the images in the Instagram, some of the drawings are almost like fit that I mean, fakes in as much as they're like covers of things that you're like, oh, I got this success or the book I've, I've just thank you, I've just got an advanced copy of this book, and yeah, it's like a whole it's a whole narrative about this character kind of with these drawings and the success of it, and it's like. A, a mockery or mimicry or something or a, a satire of the environment is that is that true is that how do you see this functioning this these characters in these drawings and how do they kind of riff off each other and start I mean, to build their own world of, they're kind of me as well do yeah. I mean it's not like I'm like a Teflon character you know weaving in between all these uh, wankers or something like <laughs> for me to like do them I have to like have a bit of that you know, pretentious git under a duvet, you know, reading a book that I don't quite understand, like, <laughs> but also being like a bit hungover and like, oh, God, there's like this thing where people say felt cute this morning. I've seen that a lot. I felt oh, cute interesting. And like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not being funny, but that's a funny thing to say, isn't it? I, I felt unless you're a kitten or something <laughs> i felt cute this morning <laughs> it's, it's also weird because you can't really it's it's not i look cute it's a very specific uh, yeah, yeah. Well, how do you feel cute i don't i don't even know what that would mean you know yeah it's funny really because um you know everyone's got their feelings haven't they? nobody wants to be made to feel stupid or something like that mm. but actually i feel that apart from the good bits of being an artist, like when, you know, I get some money or like he <laughs> says a nice thing in an article or like some, you know, an artist says, oh, I like that, something. Mm. Most of the time I've felt stupid, do you know what I mean? Like, so whether that's walking into a room of like kind of snooty puss London artists or, you know, like a little mm. clever writer that makes me feel silly or something. So that um, embarrassment or like, it's the same embarrassment I felt when I used to walk into Sunday school late, you know, like mm. that everyone looks at me and thinks I'm an idiot or something. <laughs> and I think like a, um, as a slightly, you know, Rumpelstiltskin type character, I, I think a preemptive strike is good. And to be honest, at mm. 45, I don't care if people think like, it's bitter or do you know what I mean like bitter what do you mean bitter do you know what I mean like I'm yeah it, it doesn't feel bitter I mean it's that, that to me they don't anyway well, some, um, yeah some people say that they're bitter and like I don't even know what the word bitter means exactly like 
I mean, like something annoys you. Mm. It's to suggest that it annoys you and that maybe you're being unreasonable about it. And like, you know, while people are waking up saying that they feel cute, there is no such thing as unreasonable, you know, I don't think. Well, I think they're quite acerbic. I think that may be the only way I can think of bitter relating to them in as much as, yeah. you know, that I, they are quite sharp, some of them. And the, the, I mean, the bollocks head is like, they're also really funny and like base or something quite debase or or like physically bodily base about them you're kind of lowering the tone if you like which um I don't know whether that's part of it but I think there's something about comics and 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 that that because they look like a comic strip or they feel like a comic cartoon narrative I feel like that offense is all part of that um yeah you know that that language as well you know I mean are, are you interested in comics and is that a way you where you see these or was it more literally this this pad and this drawing, I am. Um, I'm trying to get my son to read um, gra- graphic novels and stuff. Yeah. Because I never did as a kid, and I I always thought there's too much information on a page. You know, like that you're like almost. It's like reading a microfiche, a graphic novel or something. Yeah. And I guess that I've always. So I'm not, you know, like my studio doesn't look like a, a cartoonist works there or something like that. It's not like loads of like little felt pens in a row no I do love like you know Gary Larson and things like that I like an image with a line you know underneath yeah so like this I can't remember who it was somebody I was at college with that said that this was their favorite drawing and it it's you know not probably not very politically correct now I'm not going to say anything awful now by the way but <laughs> so it's a, I think you can I mean um, it's a picture drawing of a, a tribe with um you know heads on spears mm. and then walking in from a into the clearing is like a man in safari gear with like you know kind of pith helmets and stuff but an enormous head like mm. as big as like a jacuzzi or something and then um, the line is Palmer walks into headhunting history or something like that. <laughs> and um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I always liked that thing where it's in an image, you know. Yeah. There's something about the comic strips that I never understood were the ones that are only five squares long that mm. are in the newspaper. And then you have to read it the next day. To find I the next, yeah. My God, that's... <laughs> that's like um finding like a bit of text on a scrap of paper in a bush or something i don't know what to do with <laughs> and also you don't know what's come before it and um it'd be like a game of scrabble but over like a series of months or something i feel like that's yeah. what it would be like it loses all momentum or something yeah i'm not sure if they're so popular now is there one like calvin and Hobbes or something like that i don't know yeah i don't i, I mean but, but i remember um, some uh norwegian guys said of course you heard of Kelvin and Hobbes or something, and I, I hadn't. I think that's <laughs> like that, that, the bottom of pages. You know. uh, I'll have a look at it, yeah. I mean, I was thinking more of, like, the David Lynch cartoons, or I, I sent you the thing, or, or um, like, Philip Guston's Nixon drawings, but I think the way that they, um, they seem to relate to words is interesting. I mean, do the words come first? Are you, like, jutting these, like, one-liners down and kind of making yourself laugh, or... Is it happening at the same time or is it you make the image and you're like massive head, 
like <laughs> you know yeah like i remember i've got a f i think i can say this because they won't listen <laughs> listen to this but i had a friend that sometimes you sometimes i'd like laugh if i was saying something mm. and they'd say oh laughing at your own jokes and um and then i'd, I'd blush or something but yeah. then you have to laugh at your own joke or else you wouldn't I mean, I don't, I don't say it and then laugh at myself. Like, but while <laughs> I'm drawing, I might chuckle, you know, like, yeah, like the, at the thought of like, well, that's, that's made me laugh or something, you know. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I, th I think in some ways, comedy, you know, because you touched on embarrassment and com. So, I mean, someone said to me a while ago, comedy. If you're making yourself laugh and you're embarrassed, you're probably onto something. Yeah. You know, and I think I think that there's there's definitely something in, um, yeah, especially if it's a chuckle. I like that word. I think it because it's sort of like an internal noise, isn't it? You know, you're not laughing for an effect, no. um, which says a lot. And is that where the eccentric, that kind of the figures come from? Like you, you're the sort of generic. I think it's a generic curator, but one or two of them recently have been like designers. Like there's one where the designer imagine a car go over going over like a denigrated bridge, which I really liked, and it's. These very um, like pithy, very exacting. It feels like you've you've got someone, you know, you caught someone um, who is the stereotype of that person. So using stereotypes of these specific people, like curators in the art world, is that of interest? Is that something that you've been? Yeah, I think it's the idea of these. That I mean, they're not always men, but they're often men that okay. like, you know, like they know quite a lot about a lot of things. Do you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. They've probably got like a big vinyl collection, loads of books. They can cook well. They yeah. eat in all different countries. They're like men of the world in the worst sense somehow, you know. And like this, this, oh, that, that I've used this sentence a lot. And I kind of was another artist that I, I heard say it. And it's not a fancy thing. It's just knows the lot. Do you know what I mean? And like. Yeah there's a lot of that do you know what I mean like yeah I've got a real problem with like films and books that artists have all seen and agree with that that's great and that's yeah brilliant yeah brilliant. and you by by highlighting them by kind of caricaturing them are you then uh like calling that out if you like calling out the system sort of no it's just like I I feel like I so I teach mm. And the college is different to when I went to college. You know, we, yeah. we just smoked roll-ups for three years in like <laughs> large studios and, you know, swamped around. And the, the way I make work isn't, you know, I don't think of an issue or a subject and then make work about it. It, it comes out like in a kind of a, drips and drabs you know and some of it is awful and then there's bits that I'm happy with but mm -hmm. I can't I can't break it down into like little chunks and like you know tubes yeah. of uh, interest that follow all the way through and I I really struggle with the thing about that you have to analyze what it is you do you know and then other people say, but you don't have to do that. You know, plenty of artists don't do that. <laughs> Secretly thinking he's thick, that one. <laughs> yeah, so this I'm is just being like, um, like, 
I mean, I'm not a particularly honest person. Like, I mean, not, I'm not dishonest, but like, I'm, <laughs> I, I, um, I, I think it's better to just say what's on your mind, isn't it? Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think there's something about that non-editing of self that's that in in doing that that's useful as well because that's where often like the nuggets are in the dribs and drabs. Like it's like a stew, isn't it? And then you hit on a piece of meat, and it's like, great. yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's something like you know that I I figure that you should. Oh, this sounds like crap, like life coach stuff or something. But I always tell myself like I want to try and do it my way. I don't want to like fall into step with three or four other artists my age or like a bit older or a bit younger. I. Even if some of it is embarrassing, I'd rather like stick to that. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think um, I think it's a hard position to take in that sense because it's quite um, it's quite easy or maybe inviting. I don't know. Do you find it like it doesn't sound like you're even interested in? It's not like you're tempted to step in or be like you know in no, a in a yeah, like I wanted to like get drunk with people, you know, mm. looking artists and stuff like that, but. Mm. I mean, I don't people even drink anymore, do they? It's, it's, <laughs> it's all on Twitter. It's a bit like the how teenagers don't go out anymore. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Twitter has become the grumpy people with no socks that were sit standing in the corner at openings five years ago or something like being horrible about people behind their backs bottles, you know. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I mean, it, it makes me think of the, of, for some reason it's taken to be like in my shoes that, walk a mile in my shoes piece the idea of like being in my shoes that idea you want to try and do it your way um sometimes I feel like in your work you're trying to take us into your way if that makes sense like rather than explaining it you're like showing us I, I was talking to someone who saw I think was at, at uni when you were and you gave a lecture there and she she was saying uh that in that lecture you somehow opened up your I don't know, like your mind that they could walk into it for a bit, into your imagination, but more than that, into like the space and um, be part of that. So rather than other people, you know, joining other people, you're showing people your way so that they can go and do their way, you know. Um, so that piece, I, I guess I want to ask about shoes specifically, because it also has come up recently in the drawings. Um, like why, what's the interest in shoes? What, why the walk a mile in shoes, my shoes piece. Can you talk about that piece a little bit? Uh, and maybe, yeah, you've got big feet, haven't you? Yeah. So I've got like, <laughs> feet. Yeah. Um, so unlucky, obviously. And, Is it? Uh, yeah. Because they, it's one shoe size outside of the normal shoe gamut, you know? Yeah. And um, it's better now with internet and stuff, but there was a time in the 90s and early noughties where it was really depressing you know like I ordered a catalogue once called Mr Big and um <laughs> it was a um the, the photo shoots for these it was for like overweight and tall men mm. like high-waisted trousers for like flat <laughs> it's, it sounds like long tall Sally like there's the, there's the equivalent yeah, for women I mean that's that's a really awful name for a for a, a tall woman's shop in the same way that high and mighty is for yeah. men, you know. But this was called Mr. Big, and um, they did the photo shoot in a model village, so these huge men looked oh even bigger God. than they actually were, you know. Yeah. And there was two guys, like, leaning on the crescent 
in Bath, like a model of it. Mm-hmm. And um, I just thought, this is my future in shoes, you know, and clothes. Like, this is what I have to wear, potentially. Yeah. But then it's what, got... age, what age were you then when you were seeing that, when you were sort of coming to that realisation? Oh, I think in my 20s or something like that. Yeah. But always, like, when I see a pair of trainers, think, oh, they're nice. Mm. And then you click down that drop-down menu to see the size, and it always stops at 12. And um, and then you go to see what have you got in size twelve or uh, thirteen, and um, they're either like basketball, like big kind of meringue nest kind of pumps, <laughs> or vans. And I hate vans. Like vans are like I'm, I'm sorry if you're wearing vans, but like I'm not. I'm wearing slippers. It, you're right. There's something about vans. They're like the ready salted of shoes or something. This. Well, they're so flat. There's something oh, very so and, and the logo. <laughs> oh, and it's such. I do judge people that wear vans. I'm sorry. I really. I find them. Like, <laughs> I'm not talking about the fancy ones. I'm talking about the plain black ones with the white thing on the side. I just that make they make me depressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I can kind of see it. There's. I, I feel like there's a whole like bit of music that's related to vans. As well, yeah. I'm thinking about like my little brother who, when he was a teenager, Vans was a thing. You know, you wanted yeah. Vans. They definitely they some somehow symbolise that period, don't they? Yeah, but like you're right, the flatness, the flatness is like, oh, it's. <laughs> well, I it's don't not... know if, yeah, lockdown in a shoe would be a pair of Vans. I think. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I like that. So, with did you did that take you to ever like? I mean, I know, so you've got your, to do that show, did you have a massive shoe collection? And do you have a big shoe collection because of the whole problem? Yeah, and... I tried to buy whatever I can find, you know, in my yeah. side. And then I did, I was a bit short, so I did buy a few. <laughs> yeah. But like, eBay's funny, you know, with things like that, because um, you see you see other top big feet people that have made rash decisions, you know, like both, like, gold sneakers or you know that sounds great yeah or like weird boots that because they're so big they kind of flop in on themselves and the the other thing with big shoes is you know they don't make the eyelets and the the uh, laces thicker or bigger you know so yeah it's like it, bras and boobs yeah exactly well i mean yeah. i don't yeah exactly well you know what i mean but yeah i can imagine yeah and, uh, yeah so this that's what I'd really love, a pair of shoes that are, like, scaled up by, you know, film, industrial light and magic model makers so that the shoes that look kind of cute in a size 8 yeah, look cute in a size 13 as well. You like the word cute. I like that. Cute size 13. But, like, you know what I mean? You know, like, <laughs> you see, like, a small gallery assistant, maybe, and I'm not talking about them now. I'm talking about their shoes. Like, the, yeah. it's that size Shoe. Yeah, I, I know what you mean because actually it's a funny thing. God, like I feel like terrible. You know when you see a well, small, but I, I'm thinking about like a type of like seventies running shoe. That's yeah, what. yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- I think I do know what you mean because there's also that thing of um like for years squeezing my feet into shoes that were too small. Um, I haven't got I've got like an average size feet foot. Like you know it's not, but it was more like they look cuter if they're a bit smaller maybe, or the ones that were left in the sale would be smaller. So you yeah, just yeah. like ram your feet in them, you know what I mean? Um, which I now regret massively because <laughs> you know you bugger your feet doing it. 
But yeah, um, the shoes are like left out. You know, like if you're in somebody's house where they tell you to take your shoes off. Yeah. My shoes look so monstrous <laughs> next to the others, you know. And like they're not even that, you know, there's people with bigger feet than me. And um yeah. oh I I wish I could just have them trimmed, you know, like <laughs> expertly. I like that. But I think there's something that's really um it was it's really endearing and sort of and but that's a, that sounds like a negative word, but I feel like it's really important because in some senses it's an invitation to to think about all these things for ourselves, that idea of like awkwardness and feeling like we don't fit our bodies and we kind of the absurdity of like bits not fitting into, you know, clothes are like standardized, right? So that kind of theatricality of fitting in and standing out in some ways. Like fashion's a big part of that and what we wear and how we how we go about finding shoes you know so yeah. um i wondered I, if... I was wondering about um like i mean i've never been to a shop like this properly but mm. you know but I, I guess like generally women have more choice of clothes but then they also have those like expensive boutiques where there's only a few clothes there and like maybe a like a weird object in the middle of the room mm. and like very few sizes you know so like most most women won't be able to fit into the clothes. And I always wonder about shops that are that kind of specific and niche. Yeah. You know, like, it's almost like a an insult, isn't it, those shops to people? You know, like, and I guess, like, it, with men, it doesn't happen. You know, like, if you made a shop that only sold jeans that fit really skinny men, like, mm. maybe there are those. What's that horrible... Um, Brand where only attractive people can go in. <laughs> I don't know. There's what like is it Hollister or one of those or something like that? Like a Oh wait, where there's a queue. Yeah. There's I feel like it's, like it's they, young people. They don't want ugly people working there or something. Like that. And they don't want old people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something like I'd love to take old people in there. Like to kind of sneak them in or like uh a... We could do like a Trini and Susanna take old people in and like deck them out. <laughs> yeah or maybe i i wouldn't have training Susanna there i don't think i'd have no, no, that would be us more that would cause more of a problem i don't know <laughs> yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't like things where people are not allowed in that's like no. really, and like even though like my i make these sake drawings i also don't like organizations or fashions or styles or little cliques that make people feel not part. yeah I think yes. that's horrible, you know. Yeah, and that's exactly what I'm talking about, definitely. Um, and I think there's a, there's something about the big feet, particularly the big, you know, these big, the idea of the big shoe that takes you immediately, like you were saying, Marangness, like feet like Marangness, but takes you to the idea of the clown and like big, you know, one of the things a clown wears is these giant clown shoes and clothes that don't quite fit properly or they're big or they need braces to hold them up or whatever. Um, and there's something about that clown figure. I just wondered if that, how you feel about that and, and how the clown maybe relates, if you're thinking about that and the idea of the fool and that role and that kind of, um, you know, the historical the his, history of the, of the clown and the use as well. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm like, so, because the clown is kind of, um, kind of like the basis themselves, right? It's like to, to get laughs. And I, maybe I'm not quite like, brave enough to like completely humiliate myself or something like that. <laughs> I'm more like little quiet kid on the school trip, like noticing that somebody's Bermuda shorts 
a slightly too small or like too big or you know like I'm not I'm not uh, yeah I tell you for example mm. and this isn't a clown but you know that guy that plays bass for Red Hot Chili Peppers vaguely <laughs> but yeah go on or something like that's my worst kind of person like a big <laughs> adrenaline you know veins in his temples pulsing like doing crazy things with short bleached hair shouting like yeah yeah i mean i'm sure he's a very nice man but like <laughs> i can't be around people like that you know yeah. like men that jump onto your shoulders from behind or or like pull each other's shorts down or like oh i can't I'd rather just stay at home than be anywhere near people like that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think that, that what what you're doing with the sort of because the distended legs in the tramway show was one of the things I was thinking about. That idea of like making yourself a bit bigger, even or like the like you mentioned the the guy with the big head in, who walks into the the clearing in the jungle in the tribe. That yeah. kind of extent like extensions of the body or kind of exaggerations of how it feels to have a body. That's I guess that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. I think like um I mean that you know when you do when you're in a situation where when you feel stupid, everything about you does feel bigger, doesn't it? Or more pronounced mm. or something like that. Yeah, definitely. Like if your socks aren't fresh that morning and you have to take your shoes off, they seem dirtier than they are or, or something like that. So I guess it's quite a natural trick to just like exaggerate those those things. I mean, I, mean, I can't remember the thing with the long legs was I, I had the idea of like, it would be quite funny if the narrator's feet were just like fidgeting, but quite far away. Ah, uh, okay. From where his mouth was. <laughs> That's stupid. But also, this, uh, this in the um, the 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 original version of the Vanishing, did mm. uh, Spurlos, the Spurlos, where the guy wakes up in the coffin and he kicks his shoes off, mm. and um, something about that as well. So I do watch obscure films as well, like everyone else. I'm not uh, only watching Hollywood films. <laughs> no, no. But I, I think there's something about the, that idea of distance, which feels like it's a key. You know, you said the long, the, the idea of the long legs is to get move the feet far away from where the mouth is. Um, so that idea again of like distension, but also of like feeling slightly out of control of your body and making us see the body differently. So like the mouth yeah. is in our face. But we can't, we, we're distracted by the twitching right over there, which we know is like the end of your feet somehow. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things, and this is a bit cruel, I guess, like laughing at people and stuff, but um, there's, a, there's a, a, a race in North Wales every year that they've started yeah. televising since about a decade where they run up Snowdon and they run back down. And it's usually yeah. in the summer when it's hot. And um, so these really earnest young men run up. <laughs> and women, obviously, and then, but men are more earnest, aren't they? And then, um, as they run down, the ones that have pushed it too far get that kind of jelly leg thing. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Drunk. And then it's funny that the uh, commentators always they talk about them as if they're like war wounded or something. Yeah, they do. Like, yeah. Oh, such a shame to see so strong in the first half of the race, and then you see somebody walking like. 
almost like Ian Curtis, you know, but like <laughs> it's weird heat stroke. Um, yeah. Bonked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely like after they've had too much sex or they sat down, they can't sit down. Yeah. And um, I just love that. Yeah. Because they're still trying to carry on. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I like that. That's a great reference. Um, nice. Um, and is that part of the thing? Like this, even like the idea of people run, running up a mountain um, and watching them come down, there's also that perspectival shift, like their legs seem further away somehow because they're leaning forward, like runners especially. Yeah, running um, on a hill is funny, isn't it? It is funny. Uh, the sound of it, that every footstep, if you see somebody running down, like, I don't know, somewhere with steep streets, like Swansea or um, Sheffield or somewhere like that, mm. the, the sound because you're like you your foot lands on its heel as you run down a hill so that and if it's echoing between two terraces of houses it, the desperation you can hear it in the footsteps almost like, <laughs> yeah oh, the pain oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's so true um it's making me come to scale like in, in a really um the way you just described the noise there as well is really nice, that kind of... Uh, um, but, yeah, the idea of how you think in terms of, like, not just across rooms, uh, across the body, but it's also, like, across all types of media. And you nodded to that before, like, the idea of drawing and clay, and but you also make paintings and video. Um, uh, yeah, so how all these... And then performance, you've touched on a bit. Um, how all these things, like, work together... And do they relate to any of those things we talked about in terms of scale and the body? And um, yeah, how 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 does that how does it all fit together? All those how do uh, you handle it all? I think like I, I studied painting and yeah. um, I love painting and uh, I love drawing, but like I think all the other things are are so great to do as well. So like the idea of not being able or allowed to do one of the others would be. You know, like I love going into art shops. I mean, I don't love going into art shops. I like looking at art materials. Mm. And like, not like a nerd, you know, like a... It's all right to be nerdy. Like, <laughs> I just think, oh, I love those. Like, yeah. not if anything that good could ever come of it. I just think it's like... Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I am without sounding like an arsehole or anything, I do like, one of the things I made a drawing about was uh, a musician who makes loads of paintings. Mm. And that's like a real phenomenon, you know, like celebrities that just paint, yeah. like they have like a kind of painting diarrhea or something. Yeah. And um, it's weird that art is seen as the thing that anyone can have a go at. Yeah. So, but like, you know, nobody wants to hear me playing slap bass or anything. <laughs> Even though, you know, yeah, yeah, if Bedry wants to play slap bass, let him. You know, like, <laughs> no, I couldn't demand that people listen to me do that. But there's yeah. an idea that, um, yeah, and I, I don't, without being horrible, I don't think everyone can be an artist, you know. Like, I don't, I don't think it's like a particularly elitist thing. I just think that not everybody uh, is into it. And like, yeah. You have to be into it, I think, for it to be interesting. And um, so, you know, I definitely don't mean that like an elitist thing. It's just mm -hmm. like I, I don't buy that. Like, 
the way it's just something about celebrities painting and they're always the ones that telling everyone else just throw the paint around slosh it around mm. and um yeah i'm not i'm not into that i mean i'm not that i'm not into people slashing paint around but like <laughs> i think like artists work hard you know to do things. Yeah. like i think sometimes it that kind of yeah anybody can do it thing kind of um slightly like when those uh, makeover room things, Handy Andy and people like that, when they just staple some like fluff onto a canvas and like spray it with silver paint or something. Oh, yeah, I remember. I mean, that yeah. looks shit because it is shit, you know. And um, <laughs> I, yeah, you know, I think artists like not like artists deserve respect or something, but like, yeah, if you just put anyone in a, a room and told them to start making things. For twelve mm. months, like a lot of people would just flip out, wouldn't they, and like just stop doing it after a while? You know, it's it's not it, yeah. it's as straightforward as that. You know, like all those painters that you see on Facebook, they look knackered, don't they? You know. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, there is something about the the the. I don't know. There's like a dedication to it. There's something about the different. I guess what I'm interested in is how you're balancing all these different mediums. Like, do you think through different things? Like, is the hand more attached to drawing and the head's more attached to the installation, or is it like how, which which? How do you come to each one? And if you were trained as a painter, how do you then think through or in video? Do you know what I mean? They're, they're different technologies. They're different uh, languages in a way. Yeah. Uh, so with video, I'm no, you know. I don't really know what I'm doing. So I, I work with sometimes with my brother who works for a, a visual effects company and then uh, Casey Raymond and Ewan Jones Morris who are video uh, makers and uh, made music videos and films. And um, so like, I like with, with some things like collaborating is the way I can make it happen. You know, it's just yeah. for me to make like a 40 minute film totally on my own or something is, it's not going to happen, you know. Yeah. And also, I want to be in it as well, so I, you know, <laughs> film myself and stuff. But like, yeah, yeah. Um, I love that, and collaborating with people, meeting people that have got a knack with certain things, you know, and like bouncing off them. Um, mm. I'm, um, yeah, I love that. And yeah. I, I, don't, I don't, I, I struggle to do more than one of those things in one day so I, I do have to like go you know like rubbish impressionists that used to like go to the back of the stage and then fiddle with their face and come back around and then they were Shirley Bassey or something. I love that stuff but yeah I do know what you mean. So, <laughs> yeah. so that's, bit, that's me between different media. <laughs> yeah you're like going and then coming yeah, yeah, like, and sometimes they'd go around and they wouldn't even put a funny nose on they just like. They'd just come back. Their face into like a a grimace or something yeah def i'll put a different hat on yeah so i have to get into like some weird yeah a different zone to do and is there a way you do that is there like a like is do you put a weird hat on like is there a do you know what i mean like is there a face well, i don't no i don't yeah i don't like pose and like <laughs> a silly face when i paint or anything like that like i that, do yeah. um swear at myself a lot that so i call myself a prick all the time and um when I do voiceovers for some of the films, there's like a lot of in between, not outtakes because they're not funny really, but it's just me calling myself horrible names in between <laughs> takes, you know. That's it. So you're almost like embarrassing yourself and making yourself feel stupid again. 
Yeah, I like being quite angry with myself. Uh, you know, for instance, you know, I'll say something like, uh, to the West, hotels in a Tudor style. And then I'll slur on the side. <laughs> and I impersonate myself and then call myself a prick. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, then you can do it again because you sort of like got it out of your system, like brrr or something. Yeah, like a kind of, um, yeah, like a tick, isn't it? Or something like that, you know, like that you have to, um, you know, like some people when they clear their nasal passages really do it in an exaggerated way. Maybe it's like that. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I like that. And it's there's something also about the comic timing then, isn't there? Because then you can... I don't know, like get rid of that bit and then move into the the right moment or something about pacing yourself. Yeah, I mean that's one thing I'm interested in. Like, I so I think I make work that is like has comedy in it, but I don't consider myself like a comic performer or something like that. Mm. And I have like done projects where there was things that overlapped a bit, and I haven't felt quite comfortable. Mm. But the thing that I like about doing a performance in front of fifty people in a gallery is like the goal isn't like to make them laugh you know like a, com a comedian that is making people you know mm. like those awful comedy clubs where you go and see six different comedians painful they make you laugh in a different way for like three hours yeah or don't make you laugh yeah, yeah. I think of anything I can't think of anything worse than and the, the people that go to comedy clubs uh, there's a kind of self-satisfaction about that type of person as well like just in the dark there like with their heads back <laughs> but but doing performances in art galleries is a completely different thing you know like it's yeah and I'm not just I'm not talking about myself like yeah you can do whatever you like can't you that's the thing yeah you absolutely whatever I was you about like. to say that is it because you can get away with not get away with but you can like it's like risky in a different way yeah but like you know I if I think of all the amazing performances I've seen and the not so good ones and the terrible ones like it it is a totally free space isn't it like you can like with it unless you like kill somebody or hurt somebody mm. you can pretty much do whatever you want and yeah um, yeah there's like conventions in other things you know like more or less it's a space where you can do something and it can be anything yeah and that I think is the thing that links what you said about the different media and how mm. pretty much you can do what you like. Yeah, yeah. It also makes me think how you you construct. I don't know if that's the right word, but if you how you how the shows feel when you walk into them, like the one in the in the curve in the Barbican, it was like I can do anything I like. You know, you could, had that sense of like possibility and play. And all those things that are like really difficult because of constriction or constraint or conformity are kind of like not relevant in a lot of what you make in a really powerful way. Um, yeah. It feels like anyway. Well, I also I was like, you know, like those exhibitions where you go in and there's like a small piece of typewritten text on a scrap of paper on the wall and then nothing. And then <laughs> a black and white photograph and then a weird cloth that's like. Mm draped in a certain way and then that's it or maybe there's like a bulb or something and that's it like yeah. I, I've got absolutely no idea you know that's like not even a cryptic crossword that's just like a 
you know, like a Sudoku with only one number on it or something. And yeah. I, and I'll be honest about that. I don't know what that stuff is about. You know, I mean, I might be able to say I like the photograph or something, but like that that kind of spy art, you know, where everything <laughs> is like a little cipher or a, ooh, look at that, that piece of paper. You know, it's like that, the nonsense in Sherlock Holmes, the way he like deduces. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole, the reason Sherlock Holmes is good is because it's impossible and it's ridiculous, you know, that you could... Yeah spot soot on somebody's chin or you know yeah um so you know and i know that the people that do that stuff are clever on that but like mm -hmm. i'm not absolutely i don't know what to do with that so i tried to in a way even though i i was being rude about the changing rooms people mm. i've probably got more in common with those designers than like kind of kind of clever dick <laughs> But it makes me think about that. I got, I don't know where I've got this quote from, but you talked about things being exploded in one of the interviews or something. And um, I really liked that. I feel like that's a really good example, like a good explanation of what you're talking about. You're kind of like blowing the walls off so that you can do whatever you want in the space. Yeah. Like, I think, um, I don't like the word playful. Right. Okay. I, I do like being playful with things you know I just don't yeah. want people to say playful <laughs> what would you refer <laughs> or about me or anything like that <laughs> but like it's um it's like a really so in the Barbican they've got a really great uh team of technicians and um and they were like they're slightly older than maybe technicians that you'd meet in other galleries or something and like really experienced and funny and like great anecdotes and stories and like just explaining to them what you were trying to do. There's some, that part of the process of like, I'd like to do this here, you know, mm -hmm. weird thing here and that there. I love that. Like, I love to see what they think or if they think it's daft or if it, it makes them smile or they're, they're confused about it or, um, yeah, love that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that is, I'm describing, but I like it. And, yeah, because I think it's actually the bit of um, like working with a gallery or that kind of space or, you know, there's it's a level of expertise there that's often like invisible. I think, um, yeah, it, it's a level of even that word's terrible. But, um, you know, it's people who, like you say, who have deep knowledge and who are real experts at what they're doing and have seen a lot as well. So they're really good, good voices, good people to have around you to kind of riff with and riff off and... Um, play around but play again play around with yeah i really enjoyed that i really enjoyed working with them it was um it was great like um i mean because the building itself had like has an amazing history anyway but like yeah. that those people were like part of that you know mm. yeah amazing um all right well i'm gonna finish sadly i want to ask you loads more so i'm a bit reluctant but um we've hit a good moment to ask you the final two questions um before we close out if that's all right so the first one is um can you suggest anything that's been helpful to you during this time and it can be anything oh um so i've been watching i mean like everyone been watching a lot of um tv and stuff not tv like netflix and stuff and um i 
I really enjoyed the Michael Jordan documentary. Oh, yes. Series. I absolutely loved that. Not that I was into basketball particularly or anything. Yeah. Yes, they're tall, aren't they? And like they look, (laughs) I mean, they look great in, they look great in the basketball clothes and then they look weird in the suits afterwards. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Like he's got like a really particular way of being like this super driven guy who's like quite honest about himself and like his story. Just, yeah, Mm. absolutely fascinating. And like the whole like politics of the, the, um, you know the team and everything, and then, and then I watched the Beastie Boys uh, documentary thing last night, mm. which was interesting, but maybe a bit like a, a TED talk or something, which I didn't enjoy that bit of it. But I enjoy. I'm having a real thing of like thinking about the '90s at the moment. Like, yeah, I was a teenager, and um, I wish I paid more attention. That's so that the thing is a seeing those two things is like I wish I'd paid more attention I'm not sure if that's even good advice to watch things that make you wish that you paid more attention (laughs) I'm thinking a lot about the 90s at the moment well I guess it makes you pay attention to your memories maybe and there's something in that at the moment yeah yeah I was was quite a different person then I suppose like a like a slightly like a little mouse a bit you know like quiet and I'm scared of things and I'm I mean, I'm still scared of things, but like, mm. yeah, I'm enjoying my 40s. So, you know, don't get me wrong. Good. I don't want to go in a time machine and. No, I, no, exactly. I thought that, though, like that thing of like, if if you could do your, go back to like when you were 12 and just redo your teens with all the put downs and the sarcasm that you've learned since. <laughs> It'd be like some like, you know, like a little yeah like a real little shit <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah I get that all the time I def- I'm still learning to uh to take that forward rather than uh look backward yeah. yeah I like that um brilliant and then this last one is have you learned anything about yourself something about yourself during this time period um yeah I've learned that I don't get enough sleep I'm in a real kind of loop trying to get myself to sleep enough so I bought a I've got a weighted blanket. Oh, yeah. I've read about those. Do they work? They are good. If you feel like you're being tucked in by, you know, a stone wizard or something. (laughs) And then I bought a diffuser. All right. That was part of my coronavirus paranoia as well with tea tree oil, expensive tea tree oil. And and then I listened to uh, rain sounds. Wow. Okay. And I listen to rain sounds on a speaker, and like, uh, and a, well, actually, it's a mix of white noise and rain sound that I this app allows me to blend both, and then um, that's that's what I'm learning is that I need to sleep more. Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing to learn, and it's also good to know. I'm staying up late. I wake up at five. Yeah, and I hate that because yeah. there's nothing you can do at that time. I mean. I mean, they are things, but I don't want to do them. I just want to go back to sleep, you know, and I can't. So hence the drawing in bed. Yeah, that's that's a highlight. And um, but and then I do the quick crossword in the Guardian, uh, which it okay. seems to be 
sat by like an idiot every four or five days. Like they're, they're <laughs> it's at a standard where you can do it, you know, yeah, I can do that more or less. But then every now and then it's ridiculous, you know, like ridiculous <laughs> clues and ridiculous answers. Not difficult, just uh, odd, you know, like not, yeah. not what I would even consider right or. Like someone's child's done it. Yeah, like somebody's messed around with the uh, the program that they used to make them or something. I don't know. That okay. puts me in a bad mood. <laughs> so that's why you make angry drawings in the morning. We've got yeah, to the, yeah, yeah. We've got to the nub of it. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh well, thank you so so much. That's like been amazing and really great to kind of hear hear about all, how it all works a bit as well. Get into the intricacies. So uh, thanks a lot. Oh, you're welcome. It's been really good to talk to you. And uh, yeah. Keep well. Yeah, and you. Thank Thanks you. for all the drawings. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.